Welcome back to Rivals of the East. I'm your host, Buzz, with co-host Sean. Sean, it's been a little bit, man. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, hopefully getting a kid soon. So, uh, you know, just waiting on that for a little surprise. That and a little bit of Sunday football. Hey, isn't it great how just when the Patriots are starting to fall apart, you have a kid? So they'll never know what the dynasty years were like with Tom Brady and winning no, Super Bowls. <laughs> no, hopefully if I'm one of those, um, you know, psychopath fans, I'll go, no, that's because Max about to bring us to the next dynasty. Oh, please. You're starting to sound like Miami fan base with Ryan Tannehill. So anyways, um, yeah, it's been a little bit since we've uh, put out anything. Of course, uh, Sean, you've been busy. You've had uh, expecting, of course, on the way here soon. And uh, my family has been nonstop sick, and I have been sick and been out. But we're back here just in time for kickoff Sunday coming up this Sunday, Sean. And I tell you, week one, dude, we're back at it. Patriots, Dolphins. This time it's not in New England. It is in I was Miami. about to say, speaking of week one, I'm watching the uh, Cowboys and Bucks week one last year. Guess what? They're playing again week one this year. Yeah, it's like Roger Goodell is just like, just do it again. So I guess it is what it is. Um, however, uh, preseason, of course, we talked about, you know, with some of our other podcasts, we'll glance over a little bit. Anything uh, really records in preseason don't matter. So it does. It's it is what it is. A couple of things that stuck out to you, I would just ask uh, when you watched preseason games for the Patriots, anything going into week one that you can see or say you saw from the preseason games were like, ah, yeah, I could see this working out or anything that's you know, struggle that you noticed? Um, so the biggest thing that I can actually take away from this is that the Patriots have gone to, uh, you know, the youth movement when it comes to the corners. So they're expecting a lot out of the two, uh, you know, rookie corners, both the Jones, as I would say, also along with Jonathan Jones. Uh, there, there's, there's a lot of question marks going on at corner position. Um, you know, you're taking a slot corner, Jonathan Jones, which is, you know, the most veteran piece there and they're moving them outside, you know, which is definitely a different transition from yeah. playing slot corner. And then, you know, you're asking Miles Bryant to step up if, you know, you have to put him in more spots without the uh, rookie corners there. So outside of that, um, it's pretty much a similar roster, even offensively speaking as well, outside of Cole Strange. There's there's not a whole lot of different changes going on there. So all you're really expecting at this point is, you know, does Mac Jones take that continuity, make that next leap and do the offensive players like, you know, truly grasp, you know, the the verbiage and the concepts that are going forward. So um, I expect the Patriots to go vanilla early, fast and often and just try to get the ball out of the hands of uh, Mac Jones as soon as possible. And I think the defense defense should play faster fair enough um is hightower back no in fact um that was a talking point is they're actually leaving his locker empty and they're refusing to use it so that's an interesting point 
I don't know if that's out of respect. I don't know if they expect him to come back, which I know. Um, I think it's wow. out of respect personally, because I think he's done. Wow. Well, geez. Well, that's where he'll be buried. I guess they'll keep his ashes there <laughs> when he passes in that same locker. Um, Miami side of things in preseason. Um, uh, not a whole lot. I mean, there's a couple of big things. Of course, if you're into watching your cornerbacks go down with IR injuries, um, then this was the preseason for you. If you're a Miami Dolphin fan, we lost a couple cornerbacks to IR. Trail Williams was one of them. Uh, a couple others. We lost uh, Clayton Fiedelman as well. He's on IR uh, from preseason. Um, not a whole lot to speak of. There was one uh, big talking point that came out of the Eagles preseason game we had. There was the first play on offense where Tua threw a 50-yard air ball. A 50-yard air ball, Sean, to Tyreek Hill. Oh, the one that fluttered and he had a come back for 50 yards slide down to the ground and catch yeah yeah i'll talk about that bomb from tua uh you mean a better catch by your receiver called hill hey listen they don't pay him 30 million a year for nothing yeah he's he's the quarterback guru he's the team coach he's the media aspirations apparently because you know, anything Miami, he's involved in somewhat, somehow, even Gotta if be. it's like challenging other people at media, like concepts outside of football. Like, I don't know what's going on there. Well, hey, he's also, don't forget, he's quite the ladies man hitting up Jake Paul's girlfriend's DMs. So I don't know what's more despicable. The fact that Miami has Jake Paul involved <laughs> or that they're using Tyreek Hill, uh, you know, a man of that integrity and quality. I- as their media guy. <laughs> I will say, I would never see Jake Paul at a training facility getting ready for the Patriots or the season if Brian yeah, Flores was there. I will say I would never see that. You will see Ric Flair before that happens over there. Well, but, um, let's not get carried away. Ric Flair, I think, would I think Bill might let Ric Flair. I mean, yeah, Ric Flair's got what? If Ric Flair has 16 championships, Bill has what? Eight? Yeah, I mean, there's... Come on. Yeah, there's no contest. Um, but yeah, preseason, nothing really going on there. We did lose some people for injuries, but really what we're going to focus and talk about here is week one kickoff coming up Patriots Dolphins. This is uh, a big matchup, obviously, because as we get further along in the season, you know, playoff implications, division games mean an awful lot. So there's always the rumor mill going around that it's the end of an era in New England. It seems like every year it's over. The dynasty's done. Now, obviously, Brady has not been there the last couple of years. He's gone on to win a Super Bowl and go back to the divisional round of the playoffs last year before uh, Giselle threatened to leave him, obviously, I guess. Which time? Uh, who, who knows? Poor Tom can't even count now. Probably more, more than he has rings. Probably. I'm going to say that. More yeah. than he has rings. Uh, I agree with that. But I do want to ask you this time. We saw Bill Belichick obviously missed the playoffs with Cam the man uh, in the 2020 season. Yeah, we come back guy? with Mac Jones. Uh, Cam Newton, you know. Yeah. We come no, back with Mac Jones. Never heard of her. <laughs> we come back with Mac Jones, Oikos Yogurt. And Bill, they go 10 and 7. They go to the playoffs. Obviously, wild card. They didn't get past that because they played the Bills for a third time in the season. Listen, it happens. 
Uh, the fact that a rookie quarterback did go to the playoffs, though, it is commendable. There were some things that were starting to blossom on that team. There's a lot of changes that have happened. So I'm going to ask you, Sean, being the New Englander at heart, as you're called, uh, is this truly, is this really the end of Bill's dominance? Is, is New England losing their grip on the East and or AFC? It's a lot of stacked teams, so... What do you say? When you say grip, I'd say he won't have as firm of a grasp as he previously did. I think that's, uh, I think that's a hundred percent there. I I don't think if he does take over, you know, the division again, it, it won't be in a way as previously done. And that's not just because, you know, he's getting older I, I think without Tom Brady, I just don't think it's the same. But um, I actually think the incompetence of the rest in the AFC East is what's allowing the Patriots to uh, stay afloat as long as they have. You're going to respect Joe Flacco's Jets. I'll have you know that. Yeah. I, in fact, that's probably <laughs> one of my points. I think that's a good point. If Flacco um, beats the Ravens, does he make contention for being the starter, you think? No, no, no. Okay. It's worth a shot. Poor Joe. All right. So obviously he's not going to have as much of a grip. So let me ask you this way. (laughs) Is he going to (laughs) have enough of a grip? We're not talking Uh, about Cialis here. Okay. Let that go. Flaccid. We're not talking about flaccid Flacco. I'm asking (laughs) quite frankly, um, for those who don't know, that's the running joke that Sean and I have had for years. Because f- apparently, after Joe Flacco went to the Super Bowl and got paid when he was on the Ravens, he was a little. He went from rock hard Flacco in the playoffs to flaccid Flacco. <laughs> he has not recovered since. <laughs> so he, he just wanted to be a part of the MVP conversation, top five quarterback. Just and wanted I'm to like, be called. I was elite. like, "You're down there, man. You're down there. You're not getting it up these days anymore. Not, not anymore, especially on the Jets bench, but." Needless to say, I will um, get back on track here. But so uh, in Miami, Bill struggled, obviously, three and seven down in Miami the last 10 visits. He's obviously going down there and using up his uh, Marriott points, get down there a little earlier, right? Uh, Five, six days they're staying in Miami. You think that's going to help them, hurt them? What do you think is going on? Because that's not like Bill. It's pretty uncanny of old Bill. Yeah, it, it might not be exactly the same as, you know, like John Ross, Brian Flores, and, you know, Tua meeting up with uh, Tom Brady on a yacht. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure, but from what I understood, there's actually a huge concert event going on actually at Gillette Stadium. If you didn't know, Patriots are one of the few teams that actually um, train at their practice facility in Gillette Stadium. So, apparently they believe that that's actually the reasoning as to why he left so early is he didn't want, you know, all that media coming through there making, you know, doing sound checks and everything for the stadium and, you know, the construction, they put those like temporary platforms for the uh, stadium out there. Who, who knows what the real reason is? Cause you know, Bill Belichick, he he's quirky. Cause apparently when we played the Falcons at home and, you know, we, we put fog machines out there and when the Steelers come to visit us, you know, we tamper with the, you know, the volume recording and the headsets. So who knows what Bill's doing? 
You know, I, I really think it doesn't matter. The fact that people have it so much in their head that Bill is doing something purposely, I think is part of the, you know, the, the ire, the whatever methodical, like mental grip he has on other coaches. The fact that they have to like, you know, stay awake, even thinking that, Hey, maybe the guy that pulled the fire alarm in the hotel when we were playing the Patriots had to do a Bill Belichick is, is part of the mystique. Okay. Well, I guess that answers that. <laughs> I I was going to just say that Bill was maybe trying something different to get his no, guys, I, used to, you know, I, the heat. It, it's hot. And I think it doesn't matter where you are. Um, you know, he went to Arizona early, but it's a dry heat. Doesn't. Cause honestly, if you ask Bill, you're going to get the same answer every time we play to win. This is true. At least you hope to, right, Stephen Ross? So, anyways, <laughs> sorry, I hate Stephen Ross. I'm going to throw shade as I can. You can love it or hate it. I don't care. Um, well, he'll be sitting there eating caviar, taking his draft losses, so it doesn't matter to him. He'll probably be watching the game on his 80-inch HDTV Tom or Brady 4K TV. Tom, well, Tom's playing. He's playing Cowboys, so I don't know. Uh, no, 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 no. At 8.30 at ah, night, so there's wait. time. There's, There's time. time for the Yacht Ross Lacrosse. could go to Tampa. I mean, he is suspended, and we know how owners' impact on you know actual games is you know real impactful. Good job on the uh, suspension there, NFL. Just like Robert Kraft, <laughs> it literally means zero point zero. It does. Um, I I'm a little nervous, honestly. I know the the Patriots obviously <clears throat> they're in a transition period. Mac Jones is in his second year. There is some fluidity there and familiarity with him and some of the receivers and offensive line, but there are new pieces. Of course, the running back room is mostly the same, but a couple new guys uh, defense is younger and faster. And obviously there's no Stefan Gilmore. There's no uh, Donta Hightower. There are, I will say the way that these two teams are built. <clears throat> and I wanted to talk about this real quick. The way these two teams are built are so polar opposite. I feel like New England is has no superstar player on their roster, but they, for the most part, outside of probably corner, they seem to be such a a deep team on the depth chart. There's a lot of depth that they've built on that team, which obviously 17 game schedule you're going to need, whether it's O line, defensive line, linebackers, receivers. No superstars, but a lot of depth. Miami is different in that regard. Miami's a very, very top heavy team. They have stars. They have Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Xavier Howard, Javon Holland, of course, in his second year. He's now a team captain. He's been a, such a playmaker at safety as well. Um, when I think about all those stars, uh, Teron Armstead as well, there's a lot of that. But if you look further past that in the depth, uh, Byron Jones, when he's back, of course, when you look further into the depth, to me, there's just not a lot there. And in fact, that's one of the things that has me worried about this game because, of course, Byron Jones is on a pup list, so he's not playing the first four games. And who do we play the first four games? We play the Patriots, we play the Ravens, the Bills, and the Bengals. What do you know? Four AFC matchup games. Perfect. Two of them divisional games. And our number two corner, number 1B, right, uh, Byron Jones is out. So that leaves Xavier Howard with Noah Igbenogin and Keon Cross, and are going to be the three with Nick Needham. 
uh, potentially probably going to wind up playing on Sunday. He's going to be a nickel. I just don't like that matchup. I don't like, and I know Bill could exploit that. So I'm nervous going in there with uh, the corner depth as it is with the injuries that we've got if, there. And I'm going to tell you if I have any experience uh, seeing Keon crossing out on the field, as you would know, he was a Patriot seventh round draft pick um, quite a few years ago. Um, special teams guy. He did fill in actually, and he did play in that uh, Super Bowl run we had against the uh, Falcons. But um, if there's any experience I have with that specific player, um, I would actually have them play him second on the outside. Because I think he is a little bit he he he's a little bit bigger in stature, and I think in spots even for the Patriots, he actually was able to be competent, not good, but competent. And I think that's probably a better spot than uh, Noah. So uh, he was get Noah was getting burned by fourth, fifth stringers, guys who were cut by the Bucks. By the yeah, way, yeah, and and I think that's probably why that would be a good selection. I I think actually you'll even see more Nick Needham. Then you will see probably Benoni. I yeah. mean, we could put Eric Rowe at corner if worst case. Scenario. I mean, Eric Rowe's also done that. Oh, look, look at all these recycled trash heap uh, Patriot <laughs> players out here. Well, I, and the other thing is that, I, that I'm curious about is uh, how is our run game going to look? Mike McDaniel came out and had mentioned mm-hmm. the other day an oppressor that he would prefer to run the ball 30 times. That's the goal is 30 attempts a game. They want to rush. Doesn't mean all running back, right? I mean, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, other guys. Hey, I mean, he did say the fullback position is, you know, a fullback. Yeah. You guys have a fullback, right? Alec Ingold. We do. He's coming uh, off an I ACL mean, tear, just like he, Raheem Mostert. <laughs> so he's going to get four handoffs. Okay. <laughs> I, so if it's a thing. fullback goal line rush, you know, like you like to run against me on Madden. It's something like that. He'll probably well, that. when we used to have Lusaka Polite as a fullback, who was like a third one and two, fourth and one and two, fourth and goal to go. He was a real good fourth and go, you know, fourth and goal to go down back. He was a really solid option. I do think fullbacks are important. He was a great blocker for us. Uh, also helped with Ronnie Brown and Ricky Williams. So I, I do think that there's value in fullback. I just don't know to me, like what I'm looking at is I don't know what to expect from Mike McDaniel since he's never called plays. I don't know what to expect from this team offensively. So I mean, he, here's a question that I'm getting, I'm getting phrased a lot for the Patriots offense and it leaves a lot more questions than answers. How about if I reverse that and ask that about the page, uh, the dolphins um, instead of the Patriots for once, what is the, Dolphins offensive identity. Who are they offensively? Who do they think they are? And what are they actually? Well, I'll tell you what they are. They are going to be a run first team. It's just the 49ers. I mean, that's all it is. They're going to be a run first team, run first, run heavy. And they're going to be a team that will rely on play action pass and try to use it sparingly about 20 to 24, you know, attempts a game to was going to probably want to throw and that's about it. They're going to limit them. You can like it. You can hate it. doesn't matter. That's reality. He's not going to be throwing more than 22 times a game on average. Um, if they're running the ball. Same way you would treat a rookie quarterback. I mean, uh, hey, hey, he's a team captain this year. Okay. Are, are you he's kidding a, me? No, he was voted team captain. In fact, Tua said uh, he, that. You're playing golf? 
during the no. season when he should be practicing and he's no. our captain? He, he uh, said, I didn't know this, but uh, apparently Tua went on a media scrum recently and had said, of course, he was honored to be voted team captain. The players voted it and he had the most votes and that it was better. He liked the process more this year than last year, because last year you had to get up and give a speech of why you think you deserve to be a team captain. Oh my God, I know. Just another strike against Flores because, you know, all right, let's be honest. McDaniels took a handful of those ballot vote selections and stuffed them in the box to support his quarterback. Come on <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, you know. I don't think – see, I think Brian Flores is living in a lot of people's heads rent-free. Mine. I don't know why. Because like, I think he's the reason why we lost a lot. So, yeah, I'm, I'm okay I mean, with thinking that. I, I just, I'm scared of playing the Steelers because of that. Uh, if you want to tune in on uh, week two, Sean's uh, <laughs> pregame of the Steelers game, uh, I'm, I'm afraid of that. So I will accredit him to that. So, yeah, he does live rent-free in my head at the moment. <laughs> True. And we actually will have uh, Pitt Rick on the show for week two. And when Miami plays uh, the Steelers as well, uh, diehard Steelers fan of ours. Steel curtain. Steel curtain. So, yeah, I don't really know. I think that's what I would say the identity is. What do they think they are? Here's the interesting thing. Mike McDaniel has said that they're not afraid to air it out in the game. Oh. I mean, I just – I th- to me – this is the only thing I worry about is if you want to be too much of too many things, I, it just doesn't work. You, you, you want to air it out. You want to run the ball a lot, run the ball 30 times. You want to air the ball out. You're going to have to, and I get, you know, Hey, you could probably throw like three or four deep passes of like over 30 yards in the air, like 30 plus yards a game at that kind of structured uh, you know, system or that kind of scheme. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't take a whole lot of shots over the 25 yard mark. No. And, and, and in fact, I think uh, that philosophy they kind of used with him was attack the middle more often than not. So yes. they were taking advantage of the intermediate passes uh, intermediate to short, but I think more often than not, it was intermediate and almost never went deep. Yeah. So, I mean, I would too, if I had Kittle, well, we don't have Kittle, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah we Gisecki. do have we have Mike Gesicki, but he's he's more of a big body receiver than he is a tight end. I'd agree with that. So, and he's on that tag this year, which means he's probably not coming back. Um, I can't yeah. see us keeping him. I would be shocked if we did. I like Mike Gesicki, but if he, he learns just how to fit. block, he'd be a great Patriot. I'm just saying, Johnu, watch out. <laughs> You're still. Pissing in Janu's Cheerios, Sean. I, I just want to see the guy with the 50-plus million catch a damn pass without fumbling. <laughs> That'd be great. I guess I guess that's fair. So Aaron Hernandez did it better. He killed it. Um, many other things to say the least, too. It's not very nice, Sean. Yeah, well, it's not I very nice. You know, the New England in me has got me a little bitter. I mean, you would think it's almost winter with the way it's going here. Well, I want to ask this too. So, real quick here, let's talk about the game instead of just schemes. Let's talk who's going to put up more yards, Mac Jones oh. or Tua? I'm sorry, even if you said the Patriots offense was as bad as the preseason and training camp indicated, I think there's 0.0% chance 
that Tua throws more yards than Mac Jones. Well, he breaks his ankle and is out in the first uh, half. Well, okay. So you doubt Tua. All right. You're going to get in trouble for this. I doubt the offense too. Yeah. All right. So why we have Tyreek Hill. We got Jalen Waddle. Why do you think that Tua couldn't rack up those yards after catch? Well, first of all, like you said, I don't think the 49ers offense is deep. I don't think it's intermediate. I think it's short passes after the catch. I think it's dink and dunk West coast offense run, hit the zones and then get what you can when you can, you know, just get those a lot of eye formations, you know, have have the defense guessing, you know, are, are they going to run it? Are they going to pass it? And you know, just kind of play off that constantly, try to see what they like on, uh, you know, mismatches, you know, try to get some of those receivers on uh, some bad looks. You know, you have two corners out on the field and you have a bunch of linebackers pass it Hit them with a quick slant. That sounds like two is kind of bread and butter anyways. I'm just thinking that, you know, with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, they could get a lot of those yards after. Catch. Yeah, and, and so I he think could get more yards against um, Jalen Mills and Jonathan Jones, honestly. Ideally, that sounds like a matchup I would do. I wouldn't force it consistently because I think the Patriots have a lot of good safeties. And I think if you don't get that immediate, um, you know, matchup you're looking for or immediate openings, I think the, the Patriots defense might get into Tua's face a little more than he would like, which they didn't do any of that last year. So let's let's get that straight. So two more questions here real quick. And then we'll get to our score predictions as well. Um, so I want to ask you, we talked about yards. Who's going to have more rushing yards, New England or Miami? Um, I know that McDaniel's actually coming out saying, you know, they're going to take 30 attempts, you know, rushing the ball. I think the Patriots are going to end up with more rushing yards. And I think it has less to do with the play calling and l- more so to do with the effectiveness. I think the Patriots line, um, you know, you got Cole Strange, you got Michael Owenu, uh playing right guard, taking over for Shaq Mason's role, Trent Brown, I, uh, Isaiah Wynn, and then you got David Andrews returning. Those guys have struggled at times um, blocking in preseason and training camp, and they've struggled even more with the zone run concept. I think Bill is going to completely waste Bennett I think he's going to completely throw that game plan into the trash and he's going to do what they do best and I think their line is pretty intimidating I actually think I think size wise physicality wise outside of David Andrews those are all big guys they're all big and Isaiah wins pretty athletic Trent Brown is not a small guy they're they're gonna run and I think I think with uh, Ramondre Stevenson, you know, if he's progressing any more than he did last year, he showed us as a rookie. Damian Harris, we already know he's tough. But I I really think that the Patriots might have one of the sneakiest, best one-two punches in the league. And I think the Patriots are going to take advantage of uh, that Dolphin defense. And they're going to run the ball, you know, and they're just going to play off them with play action, you know, keep keep them on their heels. Really keep them guessing. I think um, the only reason why I would agree with your sentiment that New England is going to wind up getting more uh, rushing yards 
is just because I've, I've seen more out of those two backs than I've seen from Ro- Raheem Moser and uh, Edmonds. Let's just say, well, that. it's not even that, but to me, like I wasn't impressed with, and granted we didn't have Teron Armstead. So I guess that could be a factor, but when we had our starters out there in preseason, the, just the running was, I was hoping to see more and it was well, a little concerning. And, and to counter that, I I'd probably agree with the Patriots outside of Stevenson, the Patriots couldn't run the ball at all in preseason. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I would like to think that if you have a guy whose specialty was run game coordinator for a run heavy team, like the 49ers would yeah. be able to design run plays. So, so um, at that point, you're just hoping he's, you know, seeing what's not working and, you know, seeing what guy's better at what. You're hoping it's just that and it's not that. No, that's all we had. We threw it out there. It was pitiful. Exactly. Yeah. The Adam Gay specialty. So last question. Who will have – who will win the turnover battle? Let me put it that way. Who will win the turnover battle, Sean? New England or Miami? Miami. Think that New England's going to turn it over more? Yes. Fumbles or picks? Uh, fumbles. Yeah. I, I could see I, that. I think they've had issues in the past few years, especially with the running game. I did say they would get more rushing yards, and that's why I think Ramondre Stevenson's going to end up taking Damian, uh, Damian Harris's role early. I think you're going to see Damian Harris break off a few runs and fumble, and that's where Stevenson goes in, and he takes over for the rest of the year. Hey, you know, I, and I also want to throw this out there too because we're, we're talking about back and forth with this team. Tyree Kill did say he's sure that Bill Belichick's got a plan up his sleeve, but Mike McDaniel has one too. Oh, I don't know what that means. Ominous. Maybe it's more Oklahoma drills. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe, maybe. it's open Mike Knight over at the Miami Beach Open Center. Mike McDaniel night, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. I was trying to make it work, you know. Didn't really come across too well. I'll, I'll work on it. Uh, final score predictions here as we're looking to wrap things up today. Sean, what are your final score predictions, you homer? Um, I'm thinking 24-19. Weird and wacky score. 24-19? Yeah, 24-19. I think the Patriots in the fourth quarter score 10 points. Wrap so you think that they're down. How the hell do we get to 19? You think we 19. get four field goals and a touchdown? It's going to be a weird and wacky combination. Just you wait. Okay. They'll okay. probably praise McDaniels for that too. I'm sure. Keeping them guessing. Four going, field- in, going, going for it for two twice and not getting it. Who knows? <laughs> I, you're talking like if, if Tony Sprano was our head coach, I could see that because he would just be sitting there clapping. Wildcat. Just, yeah, like field goal after field goal. All right. I'll never forget. God rest when, his soul. Rest in peace. Yeah, I, I love Tony Sperano. Listen, say what you want about Tony Sperano. We did have a nasty defense under Tony Sperano, so And running game. Yeah, we had a solid That's smash cool. mouth football game. And Tony Sperano was old school. I, I liked it even if Stephen Ross was trying to get Jim Harbaugh yet again back then behind his back. But I digress. I think that uh, it's going it, to – I've struggled with this, Sean, because to me – and I've talked to you about this. If Miami can run the ball, I feel like Miami will win the game 
because it'll take less pressure from Tua and put it more. It'll take it'll take more pressure off Tua and give him less to worry about and put it more on the shoulders of the actual team. And I think that's what this whole thing has been about with trying to help him get to whatever the next level is. I mean, we're trying to get past 3000 yards right now. We're trying to stay healthy, right? So we're are that next level is like, <laughs> we're just trying to keep them on the field for the most part. How do you do that? Take some of that off of them and, you know, give it to the team. So if we can run the ball, I think we'll win. I do think that we will probably be semi-successful at running the ball. Um, I just, Bill Belichick against new head coaches, Sean, what is his record against them? What if I told you it's almost exactly the same as his record against any coach? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I heard that the other day and I couldn't stop laughing. That's a good point. I am going not Miami fans aren't going to like, but (laughs) I'm just, I'm not entirely sold on the run game from what I've seen. I'm not entirely sold on Mike McDaniel yet because I haven't seen him coach. I, there's just a lot of question marks. What I do know is that Bill Belichick is one of the greatest head coaches of all time. I know that he knows how to use his team. I'm going to go with Patriots 24, 21. Yeah. And in, in fact, if I would, I would say there's some emphatic uh, statements that would occur during the game. There's going to be cut off sleeves on bill. Mm. There's going to be him deferring the kickoff and Matthew Slater picking. (laughs) Oh gosh. (laughs) You think that's going to happen? All three. Yeah. If those all three happen, put it in the bank guys. I'm winning you some money because those are some crazy. The odds. <laughs> you you heard it first from Sean. Now, uh, as we wrap up here, of course, you know we are on Apple Podcast, Podbean. We are on Instagram. We are on YouTube. Uh, since the season is starting, usually we try to just do our weekly podcasts. We do have clips we put out on YouTube. Sometimes full episodes. We are going to be doing our initial reactions to the game starting with this Sunday. Sean and I will be on YouTube lives immediately after the game with all of our rage all of our emotions running high. So it's going to be a little bit of different than our podcast, but we still will follow up with our initial thoughts, tampered down, kind of held in a little bit, soaked it all up. Child or not, you will, you will see me. Yes. So me. Uh, we are going to start our uh, weekly reactions videos immediately after the game starting on Sunday. And those will be up on our YouTube channel. And then we will still have our podcast where we'll talk about the following week and put our clips up on YouTube. And then of course, if you want breaking news or any additional reels or shorts, they're going to be up on our Instagram page. And uh, of course, Podbean, you can also download and listen to full length episodes too. Uh, with that said, Sean, I want to make sure that we're perfectly clear here. Do you foresee after game one, any major injuries? Do you think everybody comes out unscathed? I mean, no, it never happens. Uh, I think there's a potential. So three Patriots that they were saying have been banged up, but did actually come back to practice. Isaiah Wynn, Jacoby Myers, Damian Harris. I think you could see Isaiah win injured because he can't seem to stay healthy, just like uh, 
you know, a certain left tackle you guys have. No, I was just about to say, I foresee a lineman is going to go down for one of our teams or both. And I hope to God it's not Teron Armstead because that guy's played in the dome for his career, at least half a Ugh. season. And Oof. he's never played more than I think 11 games. In hey a man, season. It, it's so, humid there too. Yeah. Come on. I, I love, I love what I see from Teron Armstead. Incredible, incredible left tackle. Um, one of the best linemen in the game period, but I just, I don't know, man. I just get nervous about that. Cause we don't say, have good depth. Thing, good thing. They're going to play June on the right end, you know? <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Be sure to share and uh, give us a like, follow us and leave your comments and reviews. We're going to be back and wrap up here with uh, week one with our initial reactions video on YouTube that you can catch. And uh, Sean, best of luck, man. This is week one. It's reminiscent of last year, but we'll see what happens. Hopefully there's no holes in the walls, no no Kyle Sean's going over here with monster rages. We'll see. We'll see. See y'all in Jake Paul's DMs. Adios. <laughs>